This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. From yesterday, I'll start with, I thought I thought that was a good point, but we'll, we'll elaborate a little bit more. Also, just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we saw some comments on Twitter about whether this was going on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. Uh, we're currently, and the man that's currently on my to my left is working on a solution to um, getting it all together so we can go live across everything we can have people calling in like what we were on twitter um at the moment we're not quite there so we've we've found that youtube tends to be we tend to have a little bit of success with that at the moment once we get it all up and running then um we'll, we'll have everything all singing and all dancing yeah the problem being is that the the live broadcast platform what we use to broadcast across um all of you Allah gaza hope you're well fella the, the, the software what we use to broadcast across all platforms um, records for us and we can get sound and we can get audio or both. Uh, the problem being is, is that we found in recent times when we do the extended shows, so like hour and a half, two hours on Twitter space, they're fantastic shows and we want to be able to put them out to um, as a podcast the following day um, because loads of people want it as podcasts. The problem being is that we tried, well, I tried probably about 15 times with different bits of software to get the whole space, even through Twitter. And for some unknown reason, we could only get an hour of 20, not not the two hours. So currently I'm working on a, a workaround um, to try and bring space to these live shows um, so that basically we can broadcast across Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitch, um, Twitter as video and then basically incorporate um, space so that then we should be able to have you be able to call in from Twitter on space or you can come in um, using comments and everything else across Twitter. So hopefully very, very shortly, um, it's just extremely hard um, production wise to to get a Twitter space working uh, on a live feed. Um, and I think that's purely because Elon Musk has probably got video uh, and spacey sort of working in. Um, I am looking at Twitter does a live video feed uh, and seeing if we can incorporate that. But the idea is we are looking to go live across all social platforms, including Instagram Live and TikTok um, Live, as well as the others. So bear with us. We're not meaning to um, upset anyone by not doing a space. 
it's just that this is easier for us to be able to get production wise to be able to get the sound and then post it out for people as a podcast on a monday morning rather than um then not give them the full benefit of the full show because of that two hour show we did the other week was fantastic and if i'd have only published or if we'd have only published an hour and 20 minutes of it a lot of people would have missed some great parts of the show um and also we record live and we post live we've always done that and we don't want to start giving parts of shows or anything else because it's just not really personally in what we are about as such i think that's covered it don't you Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. As I say, we we're not trying to. We want to have as many people watching and engaging with us as possible. So we'll we'll get everything as soon as we've got it all up and running. Then we'll have we'll have uh, access all areas as, uh, so, as they say. So yeah. Um, so, go on, I was say so, evening yeah. to Big E. Uh, I'm just going to try and get some of these comments yeah. on Kenny Johnson and Matt. Um, I'll do a couple Good of these ones gents. first. Danny, YouTube is better. <laughs> We will be on YouTube, Danny. We're not. We're not thinking of what. What we're looking to do is go on YouTube. But the people who listen on Twitter Space, or or you want to listen, if you want to come on, you're more than welcome to come on. We can send you a link, and you can come on. But the problem is, is that you will have to. If you don't want to see your face, you'll have to cancel. You, you know, not authorize your camera, and that scares a lot of people. Where suddenly they don't want to come on like that. But mm-hmm. listen, you want to come on this. We can send you a link. We can post a link. We can send you a link. You can come on. We're not not going to be on YouTube. We're, we're aiming to go live and we'll be the only, pretty much one of the only podcasts out there What we'll be looking to go live across every single social platform we're on. Um, so it will be a first, but it will definitely be, um, it will definitely make us the most interactive uh, podcast so that you can comment you can if you want to have a space come on if you want to come on on video you can you you know you can send us voicemails if you want we can play them we're pretty much trying to open up every available um option so that we can hear or listen to to any of you at any point around the world that's the that's the aim to be the number one most interactive podcast uh currently out there but it's a for, there's a couple of comments jack and mike i'm not ignoring you but i'm going to pop this one on first because i think it's absolutely superb tony you are our follower of the week mickey has a face for radio and he still does it so um i quite agree tony but hey ho here we go um moving Tony's on banned. <laughs> moving on before you get banned tony and um and uh, i no, get listen, thrown I, off the show i don't care i don't care listen at the end of the day mate i'm big enough to give it out and because of that, they're not big enough to take it. Um, and listen, I've got one of those faces, mate, that only your mum loves, so I don't care. <laughs> um, Jack, I'll pop your comment on. What did you think of the game? And Mike as well. Um, decent point away from home. Shame we couldn't get the win. But hey, a good point, which we all would have taken. Um, I quite agree, Mike. I think before the game, there was a lot of people that probably would have gone to Birmingham. And with their start to the season, their signings, the Tom Brady effect, as everybody keeps keeps mentioning, they're on a little bit of a high. Um, we obviously come off the back of very late on Friday, not getting the deal for Kiefer Moore over the line. We can f- talk about that a bit later if, if need be, if anybody's got any comments on it. But obviously disappointing that the window ended a little bit the way that it did with with that that kind of deal collapsing. Um, but the, they didn't really... I didn't really show. I don't. Th- I don't think first half. 
uh, obviously took the lead early. Kevin Nisbet, two in two. I think we all knew that he was going to score goals given the opportunity. Um, Mickey, before we move on about the game, we'll talk about Nisbet and how he scored the first goal. Free kick. Um, I'm not going to mention anything about Nisbet because the problem being is uh, I get accused of um, of jinxing it. So um, oh, I'm just going to say cracking goal to the wee squeeze, lad, and uh, and carry on. Okay, well, we've now been joined by Dan, who's currently looking down at his phone, probably checking his fantasy team, because that's all he <laughs> seems to be talking about at the moment, which we will come on to a little bit later. <laughs> Dan, I will... <laughs> um, if you haven't seen that yet, go, go on to the Twitter and see the... The vote we posted last night, mate. Um, All right, we'll do it now. It, we're not, no, no, we're doing it. No, no, let's no. hold it because I think if we, uh, I think this, the poll will near enough be finished by the time the show's done. So we'll come on to that yeah. at the end. All right, yeah, fine. Well, Dan, I'll come to you, seeing as Mickey doesn't want to be a jinx. Um, no, we were just about to... I'll let you crack on. I'm going to leave. <laughs> bye bye. Do you want me to stay for a minute? Do you want me to stay? No, no, it's all right. <laughs> Dan and I got it. It's all good. So I'll stay for a minute then. Go on. <laughs> um, Kevin Nisbet, obviously two and two, scored um, yesterday. But I want to talk to you guys. I want to ask you, Dan, about how he scored. Because obviously Zian Fleming has been on the free kicks for, well, since he's joined the club. I know George Savile's taken a couple, but I think that may have been when Fleming wasn't on the pitch. found it interesting that um, Nisbet was the one to, to line it up, but pay dividends with him finding the back of the net. Well, it's nice that we actually have two decent free kick takers. Fleming's obviously put a couple in over the last year, but, you know, some of them have, well, I say some of them, I feel like more more of them than not have ended up over the crossbar. Um, so it's nice for him to have a little bit of competition uh, on the free kicks. And, you know, Nisbet probably caught the keeper off guard, putting it the goalkeeper's side, because maybe the keeper should have done a little bit better. Um, but I think overall, you know, it's... It's a it's great option to have the fact he's good on set pieces and, you know, we've seen him score a few penalties as well. You know, if you have someone that's good at set pieces, that's worth their weight in gold, especially to a team like us. Yeah, absolutely. Before we carry on, I've just seen a comment. I'm assuming you mean Rowett, Danny. Get Rowett on one day. We would love to get the Millwall manager on this show. <laughs> However, I think I think that the club would... Pr- hell would freeze over, um, you know... The, the that Millwall podcast p- uh, panel will, be, you know, I don't know what will happen. We'll all become incredibly good looking before Gary Rowett's allowed to come on to uh, come on to the show. It would be great to interview him, but unfortunately, um, that's 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 not gonna that's not gonna happen. Um, no, yeah. I'll tell you a question, a, a, a thingy there for you with the free kicks. If you remember last time, there was, I put something in the group, weren't there, on the on the last game, on the Stoke game, that there was a free kick. Um, we we won a free kick pretty much in the same sort of position, and for some unknown reason, um, Zion wanted it. Zion was the had the ball, picked the ball up, and Nisbet was arguing with him. You mm. know, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, and Zion would not let him at all. So I don't know if something's been dictated since that game in the back. You know, in the back, because Zion didn't even. Um, attempt to get that ball. It was just Nisbet had it, Nisbet was going to take it, and Nisbet finished it. Um, there didn't seem to be a to and fro like there was before because Nisbet really did look to have the ump last time that he didn't mm. get the ball. Yeah, I think it's interesting because Fleming's clearly, 
he was a free kick taker, the set piece specialist, if you will. He practices them before the game. He does all of that kind of stuff. I, I just found it, it really, really interesting that, you know, a couple of games in and he, he's, I, maybe he's been taken off them. Maybe Nisbet's been doing something in training. I, I don't know. But it now makes you think that come the next game or the next time we get a free kick, Fleming, Fleming's not going to get a look in. Nisbet scored the last one. He, you're going to have to give him an opportunity to keep to keep taking them. I, I just thought, great goal. I think Nisbet, um, I'll come on to a comment in a minute that I've just seen pop up, but I think Nisbet is looking to be the the kind of signing that we we hoped he would be scoring goals. 100%. I think Nisbet, you know, I think he's showing those skills and, he, and he's showing that hunger. And again, I think, you know, his whole potential, his whole reason for coming to us was to put himself firmly in the shot window. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's not just him. I think there's a few players who have done that. Um, but Zian, realistically, um, you didn't really notice he was on the pitch on Saturday, did you? I think there was one bit where I think he'd done a block or something where you suddenly went, oh, you know, oh, there's there's Fleming. But other than that, you didn't really notice him on the pitch, did you? Well, that leads us on to the comment that was on the that's on the screen at the moment uh, from Matt. Boys went yesterday. Predictable row at football. Great first half with two up top, then safe subs and in brackets wrong subs in my opinion. Please, I like yours uh, views on why both Fleming and Mitchell not being subbed. Um, Dan, I will come to you on that in a second, but. I I think the subs yesterday were very, very strange. I think Norton Cuffey, that was an obvious one. He was on a booking and perhaps looked a little bit tired. So I can understand why that sub was made. But Mitchell, Fleming, they're not really on the last couple. They haven't really got involved in the game. And I think it, the subs of, is an interesting one. Obviously, we were forced into one with, with Hutchinson going off. Dan, do you think perhaps yesterday, the fact that Hutchinson went off and we had to make that sub perhaps threw Rauer off of his game a little bit in, in terms of making changes? Yeah, I think as a manager, you kind of assess how the game's going and then to lose, I know obviously you get five subs these days, but to lose one of them so early on in the game's obviously going to potentially impact your um, game plan for the entire, um, for the for the rest of the game. So I think mm-hmm. it did kind of throw Rauer a little bit. As you said, I'm, a li- uh, I'm not surprised, sorry, Norton Cuffey's gone off, obviously. Probably hasn't played too much in pre-season on a booking. We obviously know how card-happy the referees are mm-hmm. um, so far this season. I completely get that. I think Mitchell, he splits opinion in the fan base. I think he's really good, but obviously yep. probably hasn't started on, you know, maybe quite where we want him to be at the minute. Um, but, you know, maybe bringing in Campbell will give him a little bit more of a kit. There's plenty of competition now in, in that centre mid areas. And, you know, I suppose I feel like if maybe he didn't have to take Hutchinson off, maybe his other sub might have been a Maku for Fleming. Um, but that probably threw him. I suppose maybe he left Zian on because he might think, you know, Zian might have that that one moment of magic in him. You know, he, has, he hasn't shown it this season. There's plenty of times last season where, you know, the ball would just kind of drop at his feet and, you know, he's kind of almost 12 yards out or, you know, that goal against Robin, for mm-hmm. example. Um, sometimes he just needs kind of one moment and Raul was maybe hoping he might have got that one moment in the dying uh, moments of the game with possibly the game a little bit more stretched. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's really easy. I think Fleming is has, I don't want to say he's got a target on his back, but the pressure on him and the focus on him at the moment is is very, very apparent. The, we as fans, we're expecting a lot from him. And guys in the comments, p- please feel free to to share your opinions on on um, 
on Zian at the moment. But do you think that Rowett's perhaps a little bit blinded by the fact that he's looking to try and give Fleming his moment to, to kick kickstart the season when there potentially could be better options available? He possibly is, yeah. Um, you know, it kind of took Zian last season, obviously had the injury and then came into the team, was being played out on the wing, um, you know, didn't get into the game really, uh, into the team really, so until the uh, international break last season, um, and then obviously he got his first goal on, on the seventeenth of September last season, which was um, against Blackpool. I don't need to probably tell most people who are listening in at the minute who we're going to be playing on the seventeenth of September this season. Um, so I'm hoping you know lightning might strike twice there, um, but you know Fleming. On his day, he's a quality player. Um, started last season slowly. Maybe it might be a case of that again. Obviously, Rowett said not that long ago he has had his head turned a little bit. But I feel like Rowett had his arm obviously a little bit twisted um, with the early substitution. I do feel like if, had, if he'd have had that fifth sub, probably would have taken Fleming off like he has done in a couple of games so far this season and bought Amaku on for a bit more kind of pace and direct running. Yeah, and obviously Tony's uh, CF has had an invisibility cloak on for weeks. To be honest, I I do see where people are coming from with that because you are we are expecting a little bit more from him. But as you say, I think as you say, he it, it, it he started slow last year. The speculation has obviously not helped. Maybe the seventeenth of September can be that can be that that omen again this year. Who knows? Perhaps that's us wishful thinking because it's um because it's Leeds. Um I will come back to another uh, another comment, but this has just come in on, on Fleming. Fleming was an unknown last year and opposition do didn't know too much about him. This year the opposition have found him out and target to take him out of the game. Yeah, I do agree with that. I I, I can you know everyone's got most teams have got a star player or a better player and, and he is well, clearly from last year was ours, and maybe teams are our target. Yeah, so I do agree. Can there. I just can I just jump in on that quickly, Stephen? Yep. I I completely agree with the comment. Obviously, last season he was he was our stardust quality player. Um, one, you know that that kind of gives the opportunity if maybe if the opposition are focusing on Fleming for people like Nisbet, like mm-hmm. SA, like Amaku, whoever's playing up the top end of the pitch to maybe go under the radar a little bit and become that, that person if, if it's not going to be Fleming as much this season. And secondly, you know, the best players, they always rise above it. You know, mm-hmm. you look you look at Haaland in the Premier League. I know obviously comparing Haaland and Zian Fleming <laughs> might seem like a little bit crazy, but you look at him, teams will try and double and triple mark Erling Haaland, man mark him. You know, there's going to, definitely be case of that where Fleming's going to fall into that bracket this season the best players rise above that so you know the Fleming does need to try and rise above it mm-hmm. no I quite agree and I think a club like Millwall with the expectation of the fans as well it, it's something that he's going to have to get used to and, and try and um, come through the other side the last little bit on, on Fleming a comment here from from John give him a five game break who knows uh, maybe a spell out of the team to maybe you don't know how players are always going to take it. Is it going to motivate them? Is it going to annoy them? But maybe that's something um, that's something to to look at. Moving on, the, the next phase of the game, um, there was a comment that I did put up from Alex, which I will come back to, but I'm going to... It kind of goes along the same lines. Um, Mike has come in, the next sort of thing that happened uh, in the game, if I can get this up. So what about the new corner kick routine? Long ball out to Lenny and boom, makes a change from the ball to Cooper. Now, obviously... Uh, this is in reference to the disallowed goal yesterday, um, which would have made it 2-0. Firstly, Dan, do you think it was rightly or wrongly disallowed? Or 
another way to put it, did they take too long to decide to disallow it? They definitely took too long. Um, you know, the fact Cooper has put his arm up and he's the one wheeling away in celebration, it's quite clear that Cooper's touched it. The linesman, you know, he's, he's, we've got a, you know, the way they want the game to be officiated, the linesman has to be bang on it now. Um, so if he thinks he's offside, he has to put his flag up. We don't have VAR in this league, despite what the, the club app and <laughs> yep. BBC Sport apps were telling us yesterday. We don't have VAR in this league, so we have to just get on with it. He definitely took too long to make his decision. On the replay, he does look just offside. Um, but, you know, I think that corner kick routine, I was actually just on the train home. I've been out to watch the football today. I was just on the train on my mate, who's another Millwall fan. I was just saying to him, it was actually quite nice not to see the traditional back post cross to Cooper in amongst three or four of our players. It kind of switched up a little bit. And, you know, Leonard may only strike a volley like that, you know, kind of maybe one in 10 times. But he does have that rocket strike on him. We've seen it a couple of times. So I think it's good to keep that up your sleeve. And it's also good to leave a player like Ryan Leonard on the edge of the box because he is quite quick. If we lose the ball and a counter-attack starts, he's someone you want chasing back. Well, that actually leads me on very, very nicely to, it's almost as if we planned this, Dan, um, <laughs> to the next comment. That new centre-back we signed is mustard, Ryan Leonard or something. Now, I'm going to say it because I have been pro-Ryan Leonard for quite a while. And I know I know not everybody has. Uh, I know, he, you know, his fitness divides opinions and should he have been offered a deal? Are we going to get enough games out of him? But... What you just said there, Dan, was absolutely bang on. If he's in the team, he is capable of getting back and he's got the, the strength in his in his body and his legs to get back to try and, you know, if, if we're under the cosh, if, if he's, you know, in a foot race, he, he, he seems to be able to catch up with opposition strikers. We saw it against Swansea. We've seen it in, on other occasions last season and again this year. If we can keep him fit, I think that arguably could be one of the best pieces of business we've done over the over the transfer window in the summer because we clearly wasn't going to sign another centre half and we've kind of looks to be we've pinned all our hopes on him. Yeah, we'll come back onto the the defence as a whole um, later yep. on because mm-hmm. there, there is probably for me two big talking points in the defence. Um, so we'll come on to that once we've finished kind of dissecting the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Ryan Leonard, if you can keep him fit. He's a he's a brilliant defender. I actually saw a tweet yesterday um, about Rowett playing players out of position and you know almost trying to shoehorn him in. Well, I don't think that with Ryan Leonard. You know, I watch him at centre back and think, you know, he's he's played there for a while. Um, you know, you wouldn't know that he probably hasn't played there his entire career. He's very good there, and the best managers do find ways of getting players into the team, um, even if it isn't in their conventional position. Like, look at. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm going on with the Man City comparisons here. We're nothing like Man City, but it's just the first thing that's popping into my head. Look at Pep converting John Stones into a CDM. You wouldn't know that uh, Stones has never played defensive midfield for most of his career, and he looks absolutely faultless when he plays there. So, you know, it's great that Ryan Leonard has been that guy so far this season to be able to fill in at centre-back for us. And, you know, he does look really mustard there. No, absolutely. Um, guys, obviously, I'm trying to catch up with some of the comments. Obviously, there's a few that have come through about Zian Fleming. Um, I don't disagree with with some of the comments. Uh, I think, um, you know, are we are we utilising him as well, perhaps? Um, what we'll do with Fleming, we'll park that for one, for one moment. We'll come back to that. I say we'll carry on sort of going through the game and then we'll come back to uh, some, some kind of questions and other, other things. Um, Shortly after the disallowed goal, 
Uh, I, when I saw it, I'm still not convinced by uh, what I'm going to talk about. But obviously, Sarkic um, was a judge to have brought down the uh, was it Hogan? I think that Anderson. was Anderson um, that, that sort of broke past Cooper into the box. Personally, I don't think I didn't think he touched him. I still don't. Some people say that he did, and and that's that's football. It's opinions. Um, Dan, was it a penalty for you? Yeah. But it's one the striker's gone looking for, and he's got it. I think that's that's the crux of the matter. You know, you're gonna that that's the way. You know, strikers in that situation, Anderson's going away from the goal once he's gone round Sarkic. He's running out of space. He's going to be looking for that in that situation. If I'm if I'm Anderson in that situation, 100%, I'm going to try and do exactly what he's done there. And you know, that time he's pulled it off perfectly. There'll be another time where he tries to do it this season. He gets a yellow card for. Yeah, uh, simulation. Yeah. Well, um, whether you think it was a penalty or whether it wasn't, it was given. Um, in my opinion, I think Sarkic was hard done by. In Dan's opinion, he, he wasn't. But um, upstepped. I think Hogan did step up to Hogan actually take the penalty. The penalty yeah. yeah, and was saved by um, Sarkic. I think personally is a massive boost for his confidence, and I think it's a massive boost for the defense confidence because. I, I was trying to think about this the other day. I had, I never really had much faith in in um, George Long. To I don't think there was many penalties given against us. But no, you never, I, I mean, I know I'm, I'm not going to turn this into a George Long bashing again. <laughs> yeah, we've done that enough yeah, on we've this. Done that many times. Yeah. We've done that enough on this show. But it just gives you a bit of confidence that if you do concede a penalty, you've got a goalkeeper in there that is capable of saving them. And I was really pleased for him that that he did. Yeah, you know. Sarkic, there's been, you know, maybe a little bit of criticism of him so far. He's still settling into the team. Hopefully this international, well, I think he's actually going away on international duty, but maybe, you know, he's then had quite a few games behind this defence. Hopefully he kind of settles down a little bit, understands Mm -hmm. how we want to play. We understand a bit more how he wants to play. But, you know, maybe the fact he also played for Birmingham a couple of years ago, you know, remembers where Hogan likes to put his penalties, might have gone in his favour a little bit for this one, but, you know, can't discredit it. A penalty, you know, generally a penalty save is always a good save, and while it wasn't right in the corner, it was still down low. He had to get down low, and yeah, made a good save, and then again, that man, Ryan Leonard, came in with another great block on the rebound. Absolutely, and and obviously that took us in 1-0 at half-time, and I actually thought, probably, whilst, I thought it was an okay first half, I thought we played alright, we obviously took the lead could have been 2-0 up on another day. That That's not given as offside. You've got a penalty save, 2-0, half-time. You'd take it. Um, Birmingham, much like Stoke, I think, last week, come out in the second half. And I just think that they had a little... Uh, well, I think they'd had a bit of a rocket, let's be honest. I think they'd, they'd probably had a, a few words from their manager um, and come out and... To be fair, we're probably the the better side in the second half. Um, yeah, I would not. I, go on, Stephen. So I was going to say, not. I'm not saying they were necessarily. I, I don't. You know, it wasn't sort of a bombardment as such, but I think they just seem to be quicker to the second balls. They 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 tend to. They just look a better unit than what we did in the second half. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly go back to the penalty. And, you know, we mm-hmm. touched, obviously, on Sarkic. He was the one who gave it away. Um, you know, this, and that's what I picked up on, you know, a little bit. The communication between him still getting to know the defenders with Cooper. You know, there has been times where Sarkic came charging out his goal and hasn't dealt with it. There was obviously a little bit of lapse of communication there between him and Cooper for the penalty. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm with Alex uh, comment on screen there. It, it is a penalty, unfortunately. Um, but I'm quite glad to have played Birmingham and Stoke quite early on in the season because I think they're probably 
they've probably, in my opinion, have the, the two best windows in the league, to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. I yeah, think I the business both clubs have done has been very good. And if there's a time to play teams that have had very good windows, it probably is quite early on in the season while the players are still trying to gel a little bit. That may be, you know, I think that's something that probably has gone in our favour. But yeah, you know, they came out for the second half. Um, you know, they came they came at us, had obviously had a little bit of a rocket and, you know, and obviously we'll come on to that in a second. But I thought Stansfield, you know, his, his movement was brilliant and took his goal very, very well. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is what happens when clubs are bringing in these sort of, um, he was quite highly sought after, I think, by a few clubs. I think there was even a talk that we were, there was half a mention that we were kind of sniffing around, but we're never really yeah. going to, yeah, we were we, never. There was... There was one article I remember saying there was about five clubs interested in him and it was QPR, us and Sunderland. And then he's ended up at Birmingham. So, oh. you know, I think he was a very good player in League One last season. Um, you know, he's, he's going to probably go on and have a very decent career, you would imagine. And, you know, let's not turn this into a Jay Stansfield praise session. But as I said, you know, I think I think he took it very well. He left Sarkic with very little chance, putting it right into the side netting. Yeah, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna just put up a few comments. Uh, there are a few that I will come back to, guys. There's a couple of points that I do want to discuss a bit later on, um, but we're gonna go for a couple just because we're talking about the game. We were better last season than we are this season. It looks like when we go one up, then it's total backs to the wall to hold out. Um, to follow up um, with that, obviously, I think Jonathan has carried on and said it's worrying that when we go one up, we retreat back and try to hold out instead of getting another goal. Uh, I th- another comment here. I thought uh, our fitness looked poor in the second half from John. And uh, one finally, just on a similar subject, Mill have historically been a second half team, but this season so far, it seems we are a first half team, which brings into question a level of fitness. A couple of weeks ago, Dan, um, Nigel Pearson, uh, the Bristol City manager, made an interesting comment that, and I, his exact words, I, I'm not sure, but it was something along the lines of, we knew we were fitter than them. And that, to me, was a little bit worrying that two games in, first home game, obviously our first home game of the season, second game of the season in the league, that the opposition manager is looking at us and instantly realising that perhaps that he has a fitter squad than us. I do agree with the guys. It is worrying that we're seemingly going 1-0 up and going defensive. I think that's a Gary Rowett tactic. We have seen that quite a lot. Um, over the last few years but we don't look as good when we're trying to hold on to a 1-0 lead and the fitness levels perhaps is something that we need to look at is are we is that an easy cop out or is that is there something legitimately in that do you think well if another manager's saying it then there's definitely got to have to be something in it you know Pearson's a manager that's been round the block he's a very experienced manager um you know while he's probably not up there with the top tacticians in this league. You know, he's, he's still been around and done his thing. He clearly knows what he's on about. And for him to say that is very concerning. And, you know, yeah, we do kind of look like we kind of run out of a bit of huff and puff. Maybe that's the case of us probably not having as much of the ball as we want to, um, or as we'd like us to. You know, if you're in if you're in control of the ball in possession, you know, then we have the ball. We, we're relaxed. We know what we can do with it. Unfortunately, in the second half, it's a bit more kind of hit and hope usually. Um, you know, and as really, as long as Rowett's our manager and we're playing five at the back, I think the second we go one go up, we probably are going to be used to sitting back. There would be times last season where if we were playing a four, you know, we'd get that goal and then we'd probably push on and, you know, try and go for the kill with the second and third. But it doesn't really feel like that's going to happen as much this season. 
No. And again, what you said there leads on to that comment from Speed Demon. The reason we look knackered in the second half is because we spend all game chasing the ball. We can't string two passes together, movement non-existent. For me, I've been very vocal on social media, on the pod, about our transfer window and how we... I don't think we have enough, personally, in the squad. I think we're a couple light still. However, the one area that we seem to have an abundance of of players is in the centre of midfield. And I think that we are going to look like we're struggling for fitness in the middle of the park because we are only ever going to have a two, two men in there. Because the way that we play with Fleming just off of the front two, they're kind of the attackers, the wing-backs, you know, support. So a two-man midfield, more often than not, we're going to be coming up against a three-man midfield. And I think that's why we've gone down the route we have with having so many central midfielders, because we're going to ask the likes of Denore, Mitchell, Saville, uh, Campbell, even Honeyman, perhaps when he comes back, that they're going to have to do a lot of running. Um, it's unfortunate. Campbell's only just joined us. We don't know how much football he's played. Denore's had an injury. So we have been rel- I mean, I think Romain Essay come on yesterday, didn't he? And was playing virtually in, in centre mid. He, he, you know, he, that- he did play there in pre-season a little bit. Yeah, he, he did, but I think yesterday was more out of the fact that Denore probably wasn't fit enough to come on and we literally had to make a change in the middle. Um, I just think that our, our midfield, we're gonna they're going to have to seriously work on their fitness levels because they're going to be asked to do an awful lot of running this year. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to a point Omer said on a pod a few weeks ago um, about the 5-3-2 the we're currently playing at the minute and I think the 5-3-2... Gary Rowett wants to play. I think Gary Rowett wants to play a 5-3-2, but instead of having an attacking midfielder, he probably wants to have a defensive midfielder in there and then have two. I think he's he's probably ideal midfielders to probably have Billy Mitchell at the base and then have Casper one side and then either Campbell or Denor, uh, sorry, Cam, Campbell or Saville, the other side of him. I think that's what Gary Rowett wants to set up. Mm-hmm. Um we play, he's played it a little bit when he's been our manager, um, particularly in the lockdown season. I think that's how he wants to set us up. And, you know, that doesn't really excite me. You're already playing with five defenders and then you're chucking another defensive-minded midfielder in. And Campbell's, if he does play like that, Campbell's a bit more defensive-minded. Savile these days is a bit more defensive-minded. So I think if you do that, you're really asking more of the two up top. So maybe that's why Gary Rauer has brought in three centre midfielders. Perhaps, but then you have the... the... The, the Zian Fleming conundrum, don't you? Because if you play with three central midfielders and you're going to play with two strikers... But I, I think I think he'll do what he did with Jed Wallace and put Jed up top in the two. Yeah, perhaps perhaps he will with Fleming. But then again, you've got then, Bradshaw. Yeah. Bradshaw and Nisbet, whoever's going to play up top, you're going to leave them massively isolated because we know Fleming's going to try and probably drop a little bit deeper and get the ball. Fleming won't want to have, you know, 90 minutes of Cooper diagonals uh, punted towards his head, is he? No, and that's that's the concern that I would have with, with Fleming playing playing up front. And um, quickly before we move on, yeah. I'm just going to add, and this is another thing we're going to come back to later. If Denor isn't fit enough to come on, why are we putting him on the bench? Please, just if we're going to come back to this later. But where's Adam Malachi? Yeah, well, this is this uh, Tunbridge uh, MFC has just made a point. I, I, I'm going to have to say, um, be. be Norton Cuffey and Brian are not defenders is, is the comment for the benefit of those listening on a podcast. Um, I've, I I think it's too early to judge 
both of them. I I can see where they're coming from with with Norton uh, Norton Cuffey because I think defensively, I don't think he's quite his game is quite as good as perhaps what Danny Max is defensively. But he's in the team to be a wing back, so he's going to be judged on going forward. I think personally, and that's why Ryan Leonard playing on that right hand side is going to help him because he's going to have cover cover there. Um, on the left-hand side, Adam Malachi, he seems to be forgotten about. No one it's was baffling. talking about Yeah, no one was talking about him, um, you know, potentially leaving the club. I, I mentioned it a couple of times and I saw a couple of people sort of say, oh, you know, get him some experience. But he wasn't named in the squad. And when your first choice left wing back in Brian is injured, you'd think that he would at least have been there as some form of cover. Um. I don't really know what the plan is with him, to be honest with you, because it, are they going to give him game time? Do they think much of him? What, what, you know, where do they yeah, go with him now? I'm, I'm very confused. I think we sh- we probably should have given him a run out in the Carabao Cup game against Reading. Yeah. Just to find out really if he, I mean, you know, based off that Reading performance, I don't know whether it would have been much different. who's was in there mm. just to find out really whether he was much cop um, in men's football and just say, you know, this is look at him and go, this is where he's at. He can either be very, you know, good cover for Brian this season when he's injured. And unfortunately, so far, it's looking like Brian might be injured a bit more than we potentially thought when he signed, which is slightly concerning. And if he isn't quite at that level, OK, let's get him out on loan to National League, League Two, whatever we think his level is. Get him playing regular football so he can develop whatever parts of his game he needs to develop. You know, I'm just very baffled as to why Murray Wallace, who we know, you know, he's a great, he's always tried his hardest. I think he's best days might be slightly behind him now, but mm-hmm. why are we still putting him out at left wing back? I mean, we need to blo- build the bloke's confidence up a little bit. Let's not put him down at left wing back and kind of shoot him down even more. Absolutely. And just a couple of comments and then we'll wrap up the game and then come on to the points that we were we, we were going to discuss. Um, I think this there, I think last two games, we haven't played a five at the back. It's been three, four, one, two. Wing backs have been so much higher up. Yes, I agree. I think Joe Bryan and Norton Cuffey are, are out and out wing backs. They're not full backs. So their job is going to be get further up the field, get crosses into the box, be part of the attack. So I think that is, that's what Rowett has wanted. That's why yeah. Malone was brought in last year. It obviously didn't quite work out and we changed the system. And that's why Danny McNamara was kind of not, well, forced, but they try to get him into that wing back role to try and mould him that way. Not quite worked, but there's still obviously still and time I, for it. I think Rowett's going to be a lot more reluctant now to go to four at the back this season, having them as his as his full back choice. So I think Brian's played in a four for a lot of his career, so I think Rowett will probably be okay putting him there if, if he does want to go to a four. You know, obviously, then there has to be a discussion about Norton Cuffey because as we've picked up on, maybe defensively he isn't quite as good as Danny. So is there? Maybe the conversation then to have um, Brooke Norton Cuffey who's going to be playing maybe on the right midfield and then Danny right back or one of them at right right back and the other one on the bench. And and yeah, this is for me why we need to play four at the back. Given It gives us so much more options in forward areas. We are playing five to accommodate Brian and now Norton Cuffey, who, let's face it, uh, are not the best defenders. Again, I don't want to go in too much on, the, uh, on them defensively. I, I do think... I, I can see why those are the, the kind of opinions and the comments. And I do agree that there is, they're definitely, I think they're definitely being played for their attacking output rather than their defensive work. And that's what wing backs are. I'm, I, I'm going to do a Dan now. I'm not going to compare us to Man City, but I'm going to talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold. 
let's be honest, gets absolutely caned on Sky and the press, on social media that he can't defend. And that that we all know that he's always out of position. But he's played because of his attacking outlet. And, he, you know, mid, uh, Liverpool have always had midfielders and defenders that can cover him. That's that's It's only in recent years that they haven't had that cover that he's been really, really suspect. And I think that's what Rowett wants for us. He wants Norton Cuffey to be up the pitch. He wants Brian to be up the pitch. He doesn't want them back defending too often. Yeah, they have to do it. And yes, perhaps when we go 1-0 up, he'll go, right, Murray Wallace on you go, Danny McNamara on you go, and we'll be a bit tighter at the back. But I, I, I don't think, I don't, I'm not going to be judging them on their defensive output as wing-backs. I, if they're not contributing going forward, then we have a little bit of a problem. But that's, I think that's perhaps what we need to be, um, where we need to be judging them. Um, back to the game, obviously, after, you know, come out, Birmingham come out, Jay Stansfield scored it it did feel a little bit like a typical Gary Rowett let's play for a point um the Gary Rowett masterclass uh picture that we seem to send on everything um that anything that comes up Millwall related at the moment um Rowett come out and said didn't he that first half we were probably the better side second half they were the better he was satisfied with a point I think the 900 or so that, that went up there probably would have taken a point beforehand. Overall, whilst it's not the most entertaining football, we've gone into the international break picking up four points from six. It's not that bad, is it? No, and I think obviously off the back of Norwich, if we'd have came out of this run with just one out of six or zero out of six, then I think there would be a huge amount of pressure on Gary Rowett over this international break, um, especially given... You know, another point we'll come on to very shortly, the, the centre-back position now and other bits and bobs around our window. So, you know, it's, it's important to get our um, to get them four points. And, you know, we, we're sitting in mid-table at the minute. You know, I, I, I put us um, I put, I put us maybe, you know, tilting towards the playoffs um, before the season started. I'm, I'm probably looking a bit more now kind of towards a mid-table finish, probably where we are actually sitting around at the minute after 46 games. But we're still very early on, you know. I feel like at the second international break, you probably get a lot clearer of an indication where teams yeah. are going to be. Um, so I'm not going to rush into saying we're going to be a mid-table nothing season this season, but I'm scaling back my expectations a little bit from our preview video. Um, Alex, do you know why we named two keepers on the bench at Norwich? I think it was. We did name two keepers. I think we were struggling for in, with injury. I think Brian was didn't play in that game, and we hadn't. I think and no Casper. Yeah, no Casper. No there we was had a few issues. Signed. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to say it again. Where was Adam Malakai? I'm not sure if he made the bench on that he one. Did, he didn't make the. Bench. Oh, he did. Okay, there we go. Uh, there, and that's it. That that's this. This even is just, it. Even just having him as part of the match day squad will be a fantastic experience for him that he could probably learn a lot from being out on the pitch doing the warm-up doing the half-time stretches doing a cool down it'll be a fantastic learning experience for him absolutely I, I i i think you know he's done it with a lot of the youngsters it just seems strange with this one that that he's not um that's one of the topics we were going to discuss tonight guys and again all your opinions i will we'll come back to some comments and and please feel free to to agree or disagree with us on this. Um, the comment that's coming from Alex here, Barrett was a centre-back. Rowett and Robinson were full-backs. This should be bread and butter to them. On that subject, Dan, our transfer window in regards to defensive recruits and perhaps where we are now as a defensive unit, 
we've all had the worry we've all had the comments we've all spoke about what happens if sean hutchinson or ryan leonard pick up an injury lo and behold the day after the transfer window what happens yeah, we all knew it was going to happen at some point. And now, obviously, the massive concern, well, the two massive concerns now are that, one, this Sean Hutchinson injury is going to be a fairly long-term injury. And two, Ryan Leonard's going to go and do something in, you know, the week we're back after the international break. We've got three games in the next week. So, you know, it's going to be a lot for Ryan Leonard to potentially mm-hmm. play 270 mm-hmm. minutes of football. Um, but you with the added time, probably looking at closer to 300 minutes of football. That's going to be a lot for him to put um, on his body this uh, that week. So, you know, and Rowett said, you know, we have five centre-backs. Um, so, you know, if we play a three, we have two. Um, and if we play a four, we have three spare centre-backs. That's why we don't need one. Well, lo and behold, yesterday, Hutchinson's gone off. And all of a sudden, our four other centre-back choices are all on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, and uh, look, I actually thought Harding, I thought he was okay. I thought he was okay as well. Yeah, didn't, I th- didn't set the world alight, but, you know, he, he looks like he could be a, a solid option for us. We've picked him up on a free, you know, if he continues like that, I won't be, you know, he's probably not going to set the world alight, but I think on a free, it's probably a decent option while uh, Ockley's out on loan, gaining a bit of experience. And Alex Mitchell as well. And Alex Mitchell, of course, yeah. I, I think, I think Harding, well, now, you know, it, it, it appears that there's a good, well, there's a strong possibility that he's going to probably get a lot of first-team football. Obviously, we don't know the extent of Hutchinson's injury. It might just be, you know, a couple of weeks. But whatever it is, he may not be ready to play against Leeds um, in two weeks' time. We don't know. He might be fine, you know, and then, you know, panic over for now. Um, but I thought I actually thought it was quite good for Harding to come on and actually get proper game time, not just five minutes at the end, not just a, a cameo, just to shore us up a little bit. He had to play for over an hour um, plus your injury time and, and get used to his teammates and playing in the style of football that, that Rowett wants him to, to play into. And as you say, never going to set the world alight. I think it's pretty difficult at centre-half to set the world alight, in, in a, in, you know, truth be told. But um, our our... Our lack of, um, or, or Gary Rowett's comments of we don't need another centre-back um, could, you know, our worst fears could potentially be, you know, becoming, uh, you know, a, a real possibility. And, and Dan, again, on the transfer um, market, I, I'm sure the, the, the viewers and, and listeners will be gutted to, to have seen George Evans leave the club for for Wrexham, the, the Peckham Pirlo, um, as he's been, as he'd been dubbed. But he could play at centre-half which was another option there. And it just, you know, we all know it. We've all said it. It really could come back and buy us, couldn't it? Yeah, I'm actually going to pick up on something I've seen on Twitter today. Um, it was the Stoke City manager, Alex Neil, um, or it came from a local Stoke Press, saying that the, they're looking into signing a centre-half who's um, a free agent at the minute. Um, why Why could we not look into that? Um, you know, yeah. a couple of names that I've seen touted about. Axel Tuanzebe, he spent last season alone at Stoke. He's just been released from Manchester United. He's, you know, a defender that's also had his injury problems, but on his day, he's a very, very good championship centre-half. You've got Craig Cathcart, who's very experienced at this level, you know, a bit older, you know, probably only looking at maybe bringing him in on a short-term basis, um, which maybe not be ideal. Tuanzebe is a little bit younger. And the third one, I think, might be slightly out of our wage bracket and also, again, slightly on the older side is Phil Jones. Um, so... You know, it, no, stop, no, no, <laughs> but, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> say let's bring in Phil Jones, but no, l- listen, if 
if Hutchinson's injury is going to be long-term, then I think there may have to be a case for us to bring in another centre-back because you know Leonard's probably going to do something at some point. We're down then to a bare three all of a sudden. And then let's say, you know, I don't know what Harding's injuries record like, but say if he then goes and does something because that would be sods lord, the fact we've already got two out and we play a formation with three centre-halves. All of mm-hmm. a sudden, then we're at the point, you know, do you then, who do you then put in there? Do you put Danny Mack in there? Do you ask one of the midfielders to step in at centre-back? Do we change formation? I don't know. So if Hutchinson's injury is a long-term thing, I wouldn't mind maybe dipping into the free agent market um, as well. Obviously, you have to think about squad registration, but I'm pretty certain due to their ages, Essan and Maku don't actually have to be registered. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think because they're under 21, they don't. Yeah, have to be perhaps, perhaps I, I think they can't. They cast as the young, like youth I'm, players. I'm pretty than... certain SA doesn't. I think I don't know about Amaku because obviously we've signed old, yeah. an academy graduate. Yeah, I think SA definitely because he's he's only he's 18. I think he that he certainly falls into that into that category. Um, Luke, good evening. Thank you for for joining us, Chris. Uh, one of our regulars. Can they get Alex Mitchell back? I'm under the impression that I think we can only call him back in January. I think um, so. That's, that's how most loan deals work, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't think we. I don't think we have a, an early recall on that. Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, we need another centre back: Coops, Wallace, Hardy, nobody else. Again, Carl, I, I, as we were saying, we, we agree. Perhaps we're gonna. Perhaps we're going to um, dip into, as, as Dan said, dip into the the free agent market but again you you are limited really because if you're a free agent now it's likely that you're probably someone that other clubs don't particularly fancy but we we may have no choice i, I don't know um dan you beat him to it there's a lot of out of contract players looking for a contract uh, it, again we don't know what what conversations we don't know what how bad sean hutchinson's in, injury may or may not be he may be fine it might just be a knock he's out for a week comes back to training the, the you know the week before the leeds game plays and 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 happy days but uh, you know i certainly think it was something that we would we would look into um there's another comment that's just come through here his comments doesn't mean uh uh, we didn't go for a centre-back. Did he say we was going for another striker? He is not going to announce to the world what we are after. Mill will do their business on the quiet. They do, um, Tunbridge MFC, they do. However, we're basing our our um, our information on what Richard Cawley um, tweeted out and what was apparently said by Gary Rower at, and Steve Kavanagh at the fans' forum. The comment from Richard was that Millwall weren't going to sign a centre-half. And when he was asked personally at the fans' forum, I'm led to believe that his response was, we have enough there and George Evans can play at centre-half. Now, we know that George Evans left us on the last day of the transfer window, which may have been not enough time to try and find a suitable centre-back replacement. I don't know. But all of the talk from Millwall and all of the reliable sources that that obviously where we, we get our information from suggests that Rowett was never, ever in the market for another defender after the signing of Wes Harding. Yeah, um, you know, Rowett's comments on the uh, article Rich Cawley put out on deadline day was that if we have, if we play three, we've still got two spare. If we play two, we have three spare. Um as I said, we had all four of our potential centre half options on the pitch yesterday. Um, I I would maybe be inviting um, free agents to come and train over the international period. I'm sure the youth team will have um, some games as well that we could maybe you know give them a run out in. 
So let's uh, let's see what happens. I'd, I'd personally be on the phone to Axel, uh, to Anzebe if Hutchinson's injury um, is a little bit serious and, um, you know, seeing, seeing where that goes from there. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And again, Tom Reed, yeah, Corley did say he wasn't signing Sarkic. Again, I, I, we're only going on, as I say, Rowett said himself at the fans' forum that it wasn't a position they were looking to strengthen. I know we do, Mill were a club that, that put out a lot of smoke screens. They do do a lot of business behind closed doors. It's always undisclosed. You know, uh, you know, we may, we may be wrong. We, we don't fully know. We're only going on, on the information that we have. And again, uh, Alex, uh, I, Agree. I think we did put all our eggs in the in Kiefer Moore on on deadline day. I think the signings, obviously, of Campbell and uh, Longman were done. I think the day before it was just a formality. We were waiting for uh, everything to go through with Evans and Boggy before they were announced. And I think on the day he did, uh, and I genuinely believe Rowett and the club they thought he was coming. I, I really, really do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think maybe we maybe maybe did try and sign a centre half. Maybe we tried for a Premier League loan and maybe we weren't getting anywhere. Maybe that that's why they knocked that one on the head. Um, but, you know, there was obviously the rumour about Callum Styles and Rich Cawley came out and said it was very, very unlikely. I'm actually just going to pick up on a comment um, from one of the local Barnsley journalists who said um, uh, they said uh, the Barnsley manager said after their game yesterday, on Callum Styles, as you can imagine, there have been lots of uh, lots going on in the last two days. Callum Styles wasn't in their matchday squad, but when Callum comes back from international duty, he'll be fully committed to Barnsley. If he continues his training performances, I'm sure he'll find himself featuring. It was my decision. Now, we was under the impression from Rich's tweet that um, Styles wasn't going to be someone we was after, um, but maybe. Maybe we picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Burr after him, maybe again, it was a little bit of a smokescreen kind of move from the club. If if Styles was potentially available again, I would I would have loved to have had him back. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it would have solved the issues that perhaps we were, we would have had in the squad, but I certainly think it would have been a player that a good a yeah. good player to to bring in. What wouldn't have actually surprised me? Obviously, I know Campbell was linked to us before, and obviously when he left um, Motherwell, he went to Luton. Um, it wouldn't surprise me, obviously, the club had had talks with him and then maybe, you know, um, the club have kept in contact and he kept his agent's number and stuff. And then obviously his agent has obviously found that Luton have signed a couple of midfielders and Campbell's not going to be playing. Maybe he's got back on the phone to Aldridge and gone, you know, if you're not getting styles, then, you know, Campbell's going to be available mm. for a loan if you boys are still interested in him. And then obviously we, we've ended up with him signing on deadline day. Absolutely. Um, Connor, how long is Hutch out for? We don't know. It's not Nothing's been announced just yet. We're hoping, like everyone, I think that it's short term. But 
right now we 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 don't know carl um why did we let alex mitchell leave on loan personally and again this is just my opinion i don't think gary rowett quite thinks he's ready for championship football um i get the feeling that when you read the comments that rowett has made it just screams that get him out on loan get him playing you know first team football get him some more experience that's what i read from it anyway and I'd, I don't mind that. If, if a player's not going to play with us, I'd rather they went out on loan. To go back to Adam Malachi, National League don't have a transfer window. Maybe they're going to be looking at getting him out on loan in the next few weeks to a National League club if he isn't going to be someone who's going to be in and around the first team squad. But if, if, someone's, if a young player in particular is going to sit on our bench, I'd rather they went out and got a little bit of experience. You know, Mitchell could end up being League One's best centre-half and we recall him in, in January. We'll just we'll see how that one pans out. It could be something that comes back to bite us on the bum. It could be a, a very good move from the club to get him out and get him some first team football. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to go back to a comment. This this come through quite a while ago, um, and I, I did want to uh, bring it up. And for the guy again, uh, for the guys in the comments and, and yourself, Dan, um, I'm concerned that Longman and Campbell, as yesterday proved, will mean less game time for SA and Amaku. Our two young pacey game changers dropped for two workman like typical Rowett sound signings. <laughs> this is a this is a very very interesting point because. I think Amaku and SA need to be getting more game time. Certainly Amaku. I think SA does, but I think Amaku really is with his pace. It's frightening pace. And it's something that teams in the championship, you know, you know, after 60 minutes, you know, big centre-halves don't want someone who's absolutely lightning to be, to be coming off the bench. I don't necessarily think Campbell's signing um, will impact the the uh, game time that SA and Amaku get. But I am slightly worried that Longman's might. What do you think? Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, I don't think Campbell will. Um, let's not forget as well, Amaku's actually been involved in 50% of our league goals so far this season, um, which is mm-hmm. quite, I think that's quite an interesting uh, point to make. Obviously, you touch on his pace, you know, being frightening. You know, maybe the stats back that up. Longman has played in a variety of positions kind of throughout his career. He's played as a striker when he was younger, played as a wing-back, played as a winger. So on paper, he's a brilliant player for Gary Rowett, who likes players who are versatile. I'm hoping Rowett's just brought him in, maybe as a little bit of cover up top, because that is um, where Vogel Sammer was. And maybe this offer from Germany came from Vogel Sammer. Maybe they offered him a good wage. Uh, close to home and you know he's gone right you know what yeah I think this is you know I've had a I've had a crack in English football hasn't quite worked out for me I'm a bit far down the pecking order um, you know I need to get going and Rowett's maybe just brought him in to kind of boost the numbers up because he obviously isn't in holes plans at the minute no uh, on the subject for anybody that is remotely interested uh, Andreas Vogelsammer did make his debut for Hanover today he come off the bench they won 3-1 so the Voggy effect is fully alive um, <laughs> where's uh, Joe when you need him I know out in Germany he, he lives on um, Chris Brown is Wallace uh, a reliable centre-back I think not um, I'd have to say I'm slightly in agreement there I think the interesting comment you made there Dan about um, Longman being able to play a wing-back position I, I think you we could potentially see if there are issues at the back Wallace playing at centre half or in one of the centre half roles and and Longman actually playing in a wing back role that potentially is why 
he was brought in. I don't think you'd have seen maybe necessarily Voggy play as a wing back, and that's perhaps why that that move's come about. Yeah, I feel more comfortable seeing Murray Wallace as a centre back because obviously, if if you play wing back, you, especially in the way we're playing at the minute, you're out there on your own pretty much. If you make a mistake down that side, you're asking one of either the centre mids or the centre halves to come over and cover. Whereas if he's playing um, as a um, if he's playing as a centre back, you know he's got that cover. He probably plays a left hand side centre half. Cooper's probably our most uh, comfortable middle centre half. Although Hutchinson's obviously been playing there recently, so I think that's just kind of you know I'd rather see him at centre half than full back or wing back. Certainly uh, rather than wing back and you know full back absolute last resort. Absolutely, uh, Tony. There seems to think that we can recall Alex Mitchell. Maybe we can. I, I, I'm not aware that that deal's in place. Usually, as it, it's a. Uh... It's uh, you it's, can only call them back in January. Very usually, but, yeah, break clause mm. in January. Chris Brown, I completely agree. I feel the centre backs, apart from Coops, his dad's army passed it. Uh, that's quite a funny comment. Um, I w- tend to agree. I think the, I think with Jake Cooper as well. I think I think it very much uh, underestimated how much his contract situation perhaps was impacting him and 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 having you know maybe playing on his mind. Is he going to move elsewhere? His agent was probably in his ear like. This is your options. This is what we're going to do. The fact that he's been tied down, I think that's going to make a real difference to him. It's just a shame that uh, his injury record is very, very good, Touchwood. Um, all the others around him are the ones that are likely to now perhaps be be sort of letting him down a little bit. Yeah, and that, this is something that actually popped into my head the other night. You know, Cooper has been, you know, very much Mr. Reliable for us. We know he's going to be there since he signed pretty much week in, week out. But if we lose him, especially after the back of him signing a, a, mm-hmm. a long-term contract extension, that's going to be obviously a, a massive, massive um, hole to fill. And I'm obviously just talking about Cooper's height. I'm talking about you know the 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 presence obviously in our back line. You know, there's there's been one consistent in our back line under both Rowett and Harris in a four, in a three, in a five. However you want to say it, Cooper has pretty much been there in near enough every single championship game we've played absolutely i think he's he's he it's now it's his it's the defense we build around him now he's the going to be the mainstay he's he, great he's committed, age he's committed yeah he's about to say he's committed himself you know if mm. he looks after himself and we we kind of we need to play two strengths we know obviously he's not the most mobile but he's a strong center half um, very tall, going to win near enough everything in the air. Let's build the defence around him for the next few years. And, you know, maybe Ockley might end up being kind of the heir to Cooper, the way he's, you know, Ockley's mm-hmm. very similar in the way to Cooper, very well built, tall, left-footed. That kind of might be something that we end up seeing in a few years. Obviously, if them two go on to play together, I think that could end up being, uh, in a few years, a fantastic centre-half partnership. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to sort of uh, do three comments in one here because they're all based around pretty much Amaka, or four even. Uh, Amaka is the best out of the lot. He's different class and Rowett needs to be careful. Otherwise, he's another that will get the hump and run his contract down. Um, SA and Amaku will have a big impact this season. Don't be surprised if Amaka replaces Bradshaw. Longman looks like he'll replace Brian if he keeps being injured. Um, from Big E. Hi, Big E. Hope you're well. Um, is Amaku getting cotton uh, walled up so teams don't uh, work him out like Zian Fleming and just one more on this uh, my worry is that SA and Amaku become institution- institutionalised and lose their raw talent now I 
agree with all of those comments i th- and i i maintain I, I don't know people might not necessarily agree with this when amaku was brought in i think that there was potential plans for him to be involved a lot more in the first team last year than what he actually was we got injured it, that's just one of those things and you, very similar to tyler bury similar age the you know raw pace winger you know and bury clearly didn't work and i think amaku perhaps would have been given an opportunity I'm not going to say that Amaku is going to be a better player than Essay because I just don't believe that to be true. But I think that Amaku in this team is the real game changer at the moment. I think he he really offers you something that we don't have elsewhere. The comment from, uh, I believe, I think it was uh, Tunbridge MFC that Amaku replacing Bradshaw, I, I can see that. I can see that being the long-term plan that Bradshaw will eventually be, you know, be phased out and Amaku will take his spot. Um, I'd like to think that Rowett won't kill the flair and attacking intent from Essay and Amaku. Is that a worry, Dan? And do you think Amaku is perhaps, uh, is he is he the one really that's going to be the game changer? Anyone with pace like that with Amaku is going to be a valuable asset to any team. So let, let's just put that out there. He, I think he's a fantastic young player and, you know, obviously it hasn't worked out for Bury. I think he's probably had his head um, a little bit elsewhere. That's probably why it hasn't worked out for him. Yeah. I think if Amaku keeps his head down, works hard, he's going to have a fantastic future. Um, whether that's with Millwall or not, obviously we hope that is with Millwall um, for the long term. Um, I don't know whether he will come in and potentially replace Bradshaw, just because I think he probably is a little bit of a different player to Bradshaw. Obviously, Bradshaw, you know, he wins a lot in the air. I don't think that's particularly going to be Amaku's strong point when he gets a little bit um, you know, older and potentially, you know, looking at being more of a first team regular. But I think that's quite an interesting point on Amaku's pace. Obviously, towards the end of the window, it became, you know, in the, in the last few days, it became clear that Ollie Burke was going to be available uh, again from Werder Bremen. Obviously, he ended up at Birmingham now, but there was a lot of talk that he might have been um, re-signing for us. And, you know, I think the one thing I will say about Oli Burke um, was that he had that pace um, that we desperately lacked um, at times. And, you know, he was, a, he was a bit of an outlet for us on the wing. And in a way, I'm a little bit happy we probably didn't re-sign Oli Burke mm-hmm. because I feel like Oli Burke would have been more of a hindrance to a Maku's game time than Longman might be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, couple of com- I'm going to come back to one and it absolutely is the, probably the best comment of the night for me because I, it's going to lead me right off into a rant. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Murray Wallace has been a decent player for us, but he absolutely must not play left back, left wing back. I'm not sure I've seen a worse pass for the ball. I, I have to agree. I think if you're playing him at left back, left wing back, we are massively struggling. Murray was past it last season and he fast right wing has just ran past him. The fact he's still on ever present says it all. Um, yeah, I, I, you do have to, you do have to agree. There's been other comments on on um, SA and Amaku. Uh, SA is quality, but Amaku has developed developed physically, which makes him better at this point. I think that's a really, really good point. I think SA still needs to. He's still growing. He's still developing. He probably needs to bulk up a little bit, whereas Amaku has already hit that point. So the physical, the physical side of the game, definitely, definitely. I think that, is, I think that comes from Amaku playing. He was playing. Um men's football in Ireland, wasn't he? Yeah. Playing a lot of football for Shamrock um, in Europe as well, which is obviously mm-hmm. a fantastic experience and learning curve for a player of his age. So that's probably why Maku might be... I think they're probably both kind of, you know, first team ready and they will, you know, definitely make an impact on the squad this season. But I feel like Maku might be slightly more ready than SA is at the minute. And that's not me taking away anything at all from Roman SA. I think SA 
probably will go on to be the better player out of the two. Mm-hmm. But I think right now, Amaku might be a slightly more um, important game-changing player for us. Absolutely. And now it's time for my rant. And Chris, I absolutely agree with you 100% with this comment. Why don't we sign players that specialise in one position instead of jack-of-all-trades players? Chris, you have hit the nail on the head. The one word I hate in football, and Gary Rowett uses it pretty much with every player that we sign, is utility. I don't want utility players. I don't want someone to come in and go, oh, he can play here, he can do this, he can do that, he can make the tees, he can, you know, the kit man, you know, Lurch. Lurch is the and utility. That's Lurch's job, isn't it? We've got, we, that's what Millwall are. We just have a utility. All Everyone behind the behind the, the, the scenes, everybody is utility. They can do, they run the ticket office, they run this, they run that. I don't like having players that can play in multiple positions. This might contradict to a certain extent. When I say I don't like it, you can get one or two because sometimes it's handy to have a couple that can fill in if necessary, but you cannot build a squad of six, seven, eight players that can play in three different positions. It doesn't work. I completely agree. I think we should be signing players that specifically play in a certain position, but unfortunately with our budget, it's something that we, we do kind of have to get used to, but it is very, very frustrating. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does have its perks. You know, I think there's players in this squad, potentially. Um, and, you know, obviously last season, I think obviously Callum Styles was probably the main player last season. You know, one game he'd be left back, next game he'd be right wing, next game he'd be centre mid. I would love to see us obviously sign, you know, players to play in their outright position. But I do think having flexibility is a good thing. Um, I'm not just saying, um, I'm not just saying let's, um, sign players for their fixed positions. I think having flexibility in the squad is a good thing, but it would be good to see players play in their natural positions. I think obviously the few you can kind of get away with is players that can play as a as a wing back and a full back. I feel like that's probably the easiest one to get away with, and there's probably a few others, especially the way the modern game's going. But no, I, I do agree with you. It would be good to sign players and play them in their actual positions. Yeah, and uh, just an interesting comment that's coming off the back of essay here and from uh, MFC for life. Sunderland are playing a 16-year-old. This talk of player, specifically essay, being too young or not bulky enough is nonsense. I'm. I don't think. I don't think we were saying that he's not. Uh, you know, he's, he shouldn't be playing. I think there should be. There definitely should be a role to play for for essay. But in a direct comparison between essay and Amaku, Amaku is is physically he's further on in his development than what SA is. So I think he is just more suited for the physical style. If we do knock it long, I'm not saying Amaku is going to go around winning headers, but I think he'd be more than happy to throw his weight around and try and, you know, try and use his size to his advantage as well as his pace. I think they're two different players. SA's not going to, I don't think SA's going to sprint past players. He's just going to glide past them, take it past them with skill, probably play in a different position. And I agree. It doesn't matter how old you are. If, you, if you're good enough, you play or you, know, you, you get game time. But I think specifically between SA and Amaku, Amaku is obviously more developed than, than what, than what um, Remain SA is. Um, kind of past, but only one player that does it better than anyone. That's Kamavinga. Shame he's over 70 million. Yet, yeah. Um, fantastic footballer. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be signing anybody from Real Madrid anytime soon. But you never yeah. know. You never know. Um, talking of utility players, Shackleton looked very good yesterday at fullback. Yeah, he's he's been given an opportunity at Leeds, and good luck to him. I I, I don't wish 
Oh, well, when I say good luck to him, in a couple of Sundays' good luck time... To, I'd like to say good luck to him other than the 17th of September and yeah. 16th of March, I think it is. You know, I never had anything against Shackleton. I feel like it was probably a little bit unlucky, to be honest, to not get maybe as much game time as he did, especially considering when we signed him last summer, the reason the deal took a little bit longer to get over the line was because we actually wanted to put a buy clause in there. Um, and mm-hmm. then he ended up playing so little. His agent even came out before, way before the end of his loan and said... He won't be signing for Mill because he's not playing enough. So, you know. And you can't argue that. No. That, and, you know, I, I said it many times last season. I don't know why Shackleton isn't playing maybe instead of Danny McNamara um, a little bit more. So, you know, that's just, I guess that's just football. Rowett obviously, you know, has his, has his preference. We don't, we don't see training. We don't know what happens in training. It was just a little bit confusing to me that we brought in Shackleton who, you know, was a proven championship player with experience, promotion under his belt, still a good age with that buy option. And now he's gone back to Leeds. And, you know, other than that penalty against Salford in the week, he's actually looked like he's had a very good start to the season for him. Yeah. And also with, with him as well, the fact that Danny McNamara did come under a little bit of pressure towards the back end of the season, you know, Shackleton was more than happy and more than comfortable playing at fullback. He is for Leeds. So very strange what, what happened there. And he, as Alex he, said, I think he actually played left back as well yesterday for him. There you go. So it could have been an option either side. Um, Cresswell's on the bench for them as well. Yeah, uh, we could do a whole piece on 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 that. I think it's insane that they're not that Leeds are not playing and they've signed him. They've tied him down. They obviously see something there, but just absolutely stupidity. Um, Luke Smith, he's not too young. He just needs a season around the first team. Also, what is his position? I'm assuming you're talking about SA. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. What what are their positions? Because I think that is. You know, a good question. I think Emaku came to us more as a striker and he's probably playing out on the wing, which I think is, you know, I think he probably looks a bit a bit better out on the wing with that pace. I'm not saying that pace could be good up top, but I think it could be better utilised, possibly out wide. Mm-hmm. SA, for me, possibly is the slightly more interesting one. I do see him maybe playing a bit more as a number 10, having such good technical ability. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying he's slow by any means, but... Certainly not as quick as a Maku. Maybe playing in uh, that position in the pocket of space just off the strikers might be his best position. I think so. I think he is nailed on to play at number ten in his in his career. I don't think he's ever going to make it as an out and out winger. But that's not and that's nothing against him. I just don't think that that's really where you'll see the best of him. You want him on the ball, turning on the ball, you know, making things happen. And I think in that ten role, definitely is where is where he um, he should be. A couple of interesting comments here. Kiefer Moore would have been the icing on the cake. I honestly think had Kiefer Moore got, if they got that deal over the line, our transfer window would have been fair. It would have been. It was. It's been okay. You know, I, I still don't think give it what seven, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, with Kiefer Moore, I would have gone Nine. up to about yeah, and then with a defender, I would have said a ten. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chris Brown again. I don't know too much about this, but what really bugs me is Joe Wright being loaned out and is yet to play a minute of game, game time. They should have kept him trained with the first team. I completely yes. agree. Completely I completely agree. agree. You know, listen, I think we gave we gave a bit of praise to the club for getting the young players out onto loan deals. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a difference, um, you know, from what's happened in the past few years. The big difference is obviously okoloi has gone out, he's playing regularly. Nana Barteng, he's playing pretty regularly for Woking. Joe Wright's just gone and sat on the bench. I'd rather, you know, I, I, if the young players are going to go out and play regularly, then let's get them out and play them regularly. You know, Wright, Wright is one of the older, younger players, if that kind of makes sense. He's 22 years old now. He does really need to start playing 
pretty regular football, if I'm being completely honest. Obviously, um, I imagine if he hasn't really played anything at all, he'll, the break clause will probably be activated for that in January and he might be sent off either to another League Two team or maybe into the National League. Um, <laughs> I imagine, obviously, Salford is still in the Carabao Cup um, and obviously going well in the league so far this season. So, mm-hmm. I can't see him changing their, goal, their main goalkeeper for either that. The only games he might get for them is in the Pizza Cup, um, which... <laughs> You know, it's, it's not enough. It's not no, enough. it's not enough, especially when you consider as well, you have other under 21 teams in there, which, you know, arguably isn't really much of a difference to what he's been playing. So, um, you know, if, if he isn't going to play, let's get him back and let's get him out on another loan where he is going to play. Yeah, I, look, I'm also under the impression, and I'm not sure if I'm right with this, but I think Salford's captain is their goalkeeper. Yeah. So well, we had the armband on again in the Leeds game in in, in the week. So so yeah, I, I just yeah, it's a baffling move. You'd think that the club would put into place that they you they'd get some game time. They're not just going to go and sit on the bench. It just seems a very very um, odd move. Uh, if we're, I'm not sure what's come up is it? Uh, if we're winning, then Rowett should bring on Essay and Amako as pace would suit his tactics perfectly. Um, I completely agree. He did, he did do that against Stoke, to be fair. Brought Amaku on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, well, a little bit. Middlesbrough was the... the Middlesbrough, obviously, the pinnacle yeah, of it, wasn't yeah. it? Bring SA on for Fleming and Amaku on for one of the two strikers after 60, 70 minutes would suit me. SA needs people making runs in front of him that he can pick out. Again, completely agree. That's exactly where he needs to be playing. And I do think where Fle- you know Fleming is still considered probably the main man by by Gary Rowett and he is still going to get an opportunity. He will play against Leeds, we assume, providing fitness and whatnot. But I do think it will get to a point where, you know, SA is probably going to be knocking on the door and sort of going, well, you know, he's not really doing much. So let me, let me have an opportunity. And I certainly wouldn't be, certainly wouldn't be um, against that. Interest, another interesting comment here from Alex. I felt Tom King never got a fair crack with us. No, I don't think he did either. But again, it's a case of sometimes with goalkeepers, they're at the wrong club at the at the wrong time. And, and that's that's just how it was. I, I do partially agree with this comment, but also I, I kind of look at what's happened to his career, obviously, since he's left us. And, you know, he ended up kind of turning into a little bit of a League Two journeyman, going, kind of going mm. around clubs a little bit. Obviously, now he's at Wolves, but he's their third choice and he's probably getting quite a handsome pay packet for... For not playing for Wolves, so you know, best of luck to him. He might, he might in a few years go. I want to kind of play regular football again and get another League One, League Two move. Absolutely. Now I'm going to come on to a couple of different things before we start to sort of um, wrap up the show. First of all, five league games, seven points from fifteen. We've played Middlesbrough away, we've played Birmingham away, and we've played Norwich away. So three tough away fixtures in that first in that first 15. Guys in the comments, please um, feel free to, to give me your, your ratings as well. Dan, if I was to ask you, I'll start of the season out of 10. What are you saying? Um, Points-wise, I'd probably be pretty happy. Performance-wise, not too happy. I think that would probably be my best summary. Um, but, you know, I've, I've kind of always said... Um, you know, I can kind of deal with watching shit football if, if we're kind of getting results. Obviously, my thoughts will kind of turn if, if we continue to play shit football and don't get results. Um, at the minute, I'm probably still slightly more leaning towards row it out than row it in. But there's a long way to go. Obviously, I don't think um, James is going to be rushing into any uh, reactions uh, at this point in time, especially, obviously, given how loyal his dad was to managers. So, you know, 
I think it's been it's been a, a, an okay kind of steady start to the season. We haven't, you know, sent out. I don't think we've achieved our full potential yet, but I think there's enough kind of signs there for it to be a, a, a decent enough season. I don't think we'll be looking over our shoulders. Let's put it that way. And um, we're currently sat. I, th- I believe we're. I'm just getting it up now. We're sat twelve. 12, 12. Oh, bang on, half. bang on, bang on. Yeah, just in, inside the top half. Obviously, lots of teams on seven points like us. Um, Preston lead the way, which I'm actually quite surprised at. Yeah, um, a good start. Fair play to him. Very good start. I think, that, personally, I think you, you were quite right what you said there. The performances haven't been great. Middlesbrough aside, and the first half against Bristol City, um, it's been a bit I, of a I, tough watch. I'm going to change the first half for Bristol City to that 35 minutes for Stoke. To well, yeah, it. yeah, because the first 10 minutes. Sorry, not Bristol City. I didn't mean. Sorry, I meant Stoke. Meant, yeah, yeah, yeah. First, the Stoke uh, first uh, half, uh, 35. I didn't think first half yesterday we were terrible. Um, that kind of probably goes into the middle of kind of the the terrible and the good performances so far, just as distinctly average. To be completely honest, uh, you know. <laughs> Chris Brown there. Um, this is this is a great comment. Borough bottom of the league. That was one of our easier <laughs> ways. Yeah. Well, they started very similar last year and and it and turned it around. Uh, well, Carl they sat Tracy. their manager, didn't they? So let's see if they uh, let's see mm. if they do that. Uh, well, there you go, Stephen. I'm going to put a question to you now because you was at both games like myself. What was the worst performance? Norwich away or Reading at home in the Carabao? Oh God. Um, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, they were both they were both shit. Let's put that out there. So, I I would say this is going to sound very odd because I know people are going to go, "Oh, it's, it's the Carabao Cup; it doesn't matter." I actually think that that result against Reading did more damage than good because we obviously we got hammered by four, which we don't. That doesn't happen at the Den, you know. We then went on to lose against. Bristol City. We then went on to lose against Norwich, and I think it really did damage, and it got the fans on Rowett's back. Um, so I think that Reading result, uh, whilst Norwich was absolutely awful, and it was, I think that Reading result was was just shocking, absolutely uh, shocking. I'm going to agree with you there. I think you know Norwich; they're a decent team, um, but you know, obviously, we didn't go up there and give a good account of ourselves. But we was playing Reading's kids at home in the you know that. That comment on screen there from Connor, we was playing Reading's under-21 team practically. Yeah. That's the more concerning thing. It was, you know, a horrific performance with a, you know, it wasn't quite our full-strength team, but a very good team out on the pitch that night. Um, so, you know, I think that that one has to be worse for me. But, you know, neither of them were very good performances at all. I'm hoping we don't see um, many more of them this season. Because if we, if we put in more of them kind of performances, we will start to look over our shoulder. Absolutely. To echo Dan's to echo Dan's point wise, given the fixtures, yeah, not bad, but the football is atrocious. So I look past results and think thoroughly disappointing. We have better players than what we've shown. Um Jonathan, this season so far, we're looking uh too one-dimensional and predictable. Opposition managers know exactly what they're gonna face. I, I completely agree um with, with both of those points. One that I am gonna come back to MFC for life, and Dan, I'll we'll both answer this, but I'm gonna come to you first because it's easy for me to put you under pressure first. I, I was I was gonna ask you this <laughs> question actually. Uh MFC for life. How many points do you anticipate we get in the three games after the break? Leeds, Rotherham and West Brom. Now I'm under the impression, I think you touched on it earlier, that we play all of them in a week. 
Yes, I believe yeah, it's got... Saturday. No, no sorry, Su- Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So that's going to be a tough last three games in six days. Um, how many points do I think we get? Well, we don't lose. We don't usually lose to Leeds at the then Touchwood. Um, oh, you've said it now. Well, I've, t- I've, I've <laughs> this. I'm sitting at Wood and Desk, mate. So I've, I've done it. So let's say we'll get a point there. Um, Rotherham. I mean, we beat them last season. I'd like to think we can beat them again. So I'm going to say we'll win that one. Probably going to say a loss away at West Brom, but maybe a draw. I I can't see us getting any. If we get more than five points, I'll be a very happy man. It's hard to look past that. Um, I mean, there's a couple of comments here, and this is going to buy me a little bit of time before I actually give my answer, which is great. Uh, Luke's. Four points from Luke, seven points from Alex, four points, four points um, at right, most from MFC right, for life. You know what? I'm, I'm trying to shake off the negative Dan nickname, so I'm going to say five. Okay. All right. Pushing the boat out. <laughs> uh, Chris Brown leads last Rotherham win, Westbridge Albion draw, four points. Do you know what? I... The Leeds game, anything can happen because it's Leeds, isn't it? You know, the, the expectation, the crowd, you know, we, te- we do have telly, a good record. You know, of, yeah, it's on the Bradshaw, telly. We do have a record. Bradshaw might, uh, you know, do his thing. I'm going to go with exactly what Oliver has just messaged into the chat. I'm going to go with six points. I think we'll win two of the games. I, which, I don't... Which two? Yeah, that's... I knew you were going to ask me that. Yeah, let's say, though, nine Millwall, we will beat Leeds and West Brom. Yeah, probably. That's that's probably the safest bet if you if you wanted to go go with um, two wins. I'll go, I'm going to go on record. One of the games I think we I think we will beat West Brom. I just don't think I just don't see them being a threat. I, I really they don't. Did lose to Huddersfield yesterday, didn't they? It was a weird. Well, was it a weird result? I don't know. Oh. We'll have to. We'll see, won't we? But you know, um, that's one that caught my eye this weekend. I'm not going to just yet. I need more time to think about how we're going to get up against Leeds because we're bound to do a prediction and a, a, a preview of that. Tunbridge MFC, we beat Leeds, lose against Rotherham and draw with West Brom. That's the Millwall way. I mean, to be honest with you, what I said, if you were, if you were if any gambling man or woman, uh, that is beat Leeds, lose against Rotherham and draw with West Brom. Find Someone find the odds on that because that is probably absolutely nailed on to be the, the scenario. Look, I think with we- I think West, Bro- sorry, Leeds and um, Rotherham are home fixtures. I think you have to be looking at winning your home games. There's no, there's no excuses there. Obviously, Rotherham was probably should be the easier fixture on paper, but as we know, Mill don't don't particularly do it the easy way. I think Dan, as he's looking at his phone, is probably looking for the odds on uh, oh, that no, set. Oh, okay, oh. but if anyone, any of the listeners, if you can do that, um, please, please do. Um, one again, another topic I wanted to cover just before we um, sort of look at wrapping this up and and um, letting you all go, crack on with your Sunday evenings. The Mill Podcast Fantasy League. Is, yes, this is something I wanted to discuss. Is very much uh, up and running. Thank you to everybody that has has joined. I'm just going to get a quick count on the uh, on the numbers quickly on the in that league. So. Uh, we're yep. currently on 87 people in the league. Yeah, Still which is fantastic. Well. Yeah, yeah, please do. At the moment, um, Alfie Irvin is currently leading the way, or jointly leading the way with um, Joe. I haven't got a surname on that. I don't know who, who that is. Please get in touch to let us know. 
And Joe Culverson is, is currently in third, three points behind. Uh, from the panellists, uh, there's only a couple, I think there's a few of us in it. Um, Dan is leading the way from uh, from the panellists. He's currently in seventh. Um, I don't want to talk about it anymore because Omar's always, he's actually beating me and he doesn't even bother with it. So <laughs> um, Omar is currently in... Oh, he's matched uh, me this week. I feel upset now. You said he doesn't even play. He's got as many points as me this week. 20th. I'm in 24th. And and Ben, Ben's actually just in, in behind... Yeah, Joe Zampa, who whose idea this was actually is uh, I don't actually know where Joe is. In, he's, bring, in he's bringing up the pack near the back somewhere, isn't he? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Alfie Irving, Joe. I don't know whose second name is. Your team name is What More Do You Want? I like it. That's very clever. And Joe Culberson um, leading leading the way. Thanks for joining that. If you want to get involved, drop us a message. We'll send you the link. Um, it's just a little bit of fun. On, uh, I'll get an update on Joe's position for us very quickly. Yeah, um, and on this. Now, Joe is currently sitting in 43rd place out of uh, 87. So a bit like Mill, slap bang in mid-table. Yeah, um, but if you'd like to go over to, I think his Twitter is at MrZampa7 on Twitter and give him a little bit of stick for having a stinker on the Fantasy League at the moment. Um, that's Big E, how I'm holding you up at the uh, being bottom. Big E, you need to sort it out. Make some transfers, mate. Get you know, get involved. Get, get Harland in, mate. <laughs> That's probably the best piece of advice I can give you. Yeah, shouts to anyone stupid enough like me to not captain Harland this week. Yeah, well, that's just silly. You you've just got to stick with it. One week right, it's not going right. to work. Trouble, yeah. One one week it one week it is. Um, oh, that's a little bit of fun. Um, we're all we're enjoying it. Um, Dance. But the but the big talking point, which you probably would have seen the the pile on on the uh, on the page last night, is is it acceptable to have West Ham players in your draft squad? Now I'm of the opinion that I I will not do it. I didn't do it all of last season. I won't do it this season. I really couldn't give a shit if West Ham signed Haaland. He won't be going into my team if they did. So I'm very much of the opinion no West Ham players in the team. Stephen, on the other hand, has been using Jared Bowen since the start of the season. Yeah. Now, thanks for throwing me under the bus. And um, for anybody that knows me, or if you don't, you're going to know a little bit about me as a, as a person now, not just as the person who talks rubbish on this podcast. I am incredibly competitive and I don't care what it takes to win or to try and beat Dan and Joe and anyone else in the fantasy league. I am putting in players that are going to get me points. This is the first year I've actually, I did, I've, it, I never had Palace and West Ham players. I never did it. But I'm at the point now where I just don't care. I don't care. He's in and he's getting me points. And that's the main thing. If he starts, if he gets injured, he'll come out. And that's that. And I, he's the only the, one the that only, I would have considered. The only Palace player I might turn a blind eye to at one point this season, if he starts playing well, is a Bere Eze. Just no. Academy if player. you, if you right, put in. Okay, that's fine. No, no <laughs> Palace players. I haven't had one in there since the start of the season. There'll be no Palace players in my team either. I'm quite happy that's... to do that. But that's fine. I'm going to hold the poll results up now to the camera. Um, so is it acceptable to have West Ham players in the draft? We have uh, yes, 31%, no, 69%. I mean, honestly, guys in the comments, if you're still here, thank you for, for persisting. Obviously, we've, we've come off of this, the Millwall talk for, for a while now. But if it's that big of a deal, if it's that big of a should I transfer him out? If it's that big, no, Dan, you don't count. <laughs> no, it's guys in the comments. We're, well, we'll do this for another sort of maybe five, ten minutes or so. Yes or no? Um, 
should I t- uh, transfer Jared Bowen out of my fantasy team for when the and uh, also while, while we're on the topic. Break? While we're on the topic, should Joe also transfer out Ariola? Because let's I'm not just gonna throw you under the bus here. Joe isn't on the on on here tonight, but he also does have Ariola in his team. Yeah, that's true. But Joe's not here, so I'm the one that will cop all the abuse and stick. So fantastic. I'm just gonna check is anyone else uh <laughs> no Ben doesn't, does Omar 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 doesn't either, so there you go. That's fine. Uh, you know, we'll we'll let the people decide. Um before we go going to ask just one more um just ask a couple more questions just more related dan uh, we'll sort of we'll start with first did you notice that george evans didn't make the match day squad um for wrexham yesterday he was on the bench actually oh was he oh he, he i ma- thought he did I saw make he... the bench. Oh, okay all right no, he, he did he did make the bench yesterday um and I think that's to kind of almost be expected with players that come in 24 hours before you play a game and probably haven't had a training session. I have no doubt he's going to do very well um, at League Two level. I think he'll be a fantastic player down there. Um, and I'm just going to say yet again, I'm disappointed in Millwall for not managing to get a fee for a player because Wrexham mm-hmm. are a very wealthy club at the moment. I'm sure we even just even just a hundred k would yeah. have sat better with me rather than just saying just let him go let's rip up his contract and he can go and sign you know for Wrexham you know I'm, it's a great move for him you know it's a club on the up he gets to move a lot closer to home um, and you know he probably picks up I would imagine probably a salary pretty similar to what he's on with us and still get, and will play regular football so I think Absolutely. it's like that for him but I just can't think as to why the club haven't got a fee for him nor with Andreas Vogelsammer, because obviously they put that clause in Vogelsammer's deal to get an extra year out of him. And what, Nothing. what was the point? We might as no, well no. just not put that clause in there and just gone at the end of the season. Vogel, thank you very much for your efforts, but we're not going to keep you on. No, I quite agree. Um, Luke Smith, keep Bowen, transfer Ariola, so that means Joe's in the wrong. Um, happy days. Chris Brown, this is a great comment. If I blocked all players from clubs I hate, my team would get relegated from the conference <laughs> south. So, yeah, look... Oliver Evans freeze wages. I'm happy uh, that was not going to change a game for us. Yeah, I, 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 the, the the wages. I actually think um, on this. I actually think that um, Evans and Vogi were released on the basis that their wages were probably they were probably higher earners, and I think that had something to do with being tied in for us going for Kiefer Moore. And unfortunately, they freed up the wages, but. The key for more, um, the key for more deal never happened. Um, guys, we've been running now for around about an hour and a half, so um, yeah, we're, we're probably gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna quickly say, um, you know, obviously me and Stephen are on here. Um, Mickey's just put something in group chat, um, from Tricky Ricky on Twitter saying that this will probably be something I'm sure there'll be plenty of content going up over the international break. Um, more kind of chats maybe like these if you guys obviously want lives let us know over the international break um, but one comment here is I was he was at the game yesterday and he thought Billy Mitchell had a good game and will be a big player for us but people are slagging him off what's our thoughts um, I like Billy Mitchell I think he was well on his way to winning player of the season last year before his injury um, which took him out for a while I think his position now there's competition and I think the fact that we're so reliant on our midfield to be runners and to be, you know, impacting the game. I think if he is off of his game, um, it shows. It shows. And and now there's competition. I think he's certainly going to have to be on it 
uh, uh, you know, the majority of the time. I'll, I, again, it, the whole Millwall boy, no one's above, nobody is above criticism at, at the club. I don't think if you're not performing very well, but I think Billy Mitchell is at the moment doing enough to warrant being in the starting team, but we are going to probably need to see a bit more from him over the long term. Yeah, I would say in particular last season when he was on his good run of form, it very much felt like if, if Billy Mitchell played well, we played well. And I, I certainly felt his loss when he had to come out of the team. Um, you know, I think, you know, Leonard and Savile, when they played together in the pivot last season, I think they're both good players, but very similar. I think Mitchell's brilliant, at kind of, you know, getting the ball and kind of getting us moving again. Obviously, I think it's a lot harder for him to do that when we're playing with less people at the top and it does make his job harder. So, you know, I, I like him um, and I think he's still well worthy of his spot in the starting eleven. But as Stevens just said, there's going to be a lot of competition for midfield spots this season. And I'm sure, obviously, playing, you know, as, as we've just discussed with our next three games coming up in six days, I'm sure there'll be quite, probably be a lot of rotation in there as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Luke, on a night shift, I need this. Thanks, gents. Uh, always, thank you for watching and commenting and, and getting involved. The live shows that we do, me, Mickey, Dan, you know, Ben joins in, Joe, Chris, Omar, all of us, you know, the interactive, we, we can't do this without you guys commenting, sending us messages, even if you want to give us abuse and stick, we don't mind. We're we're happy to to put up with it and, and take your frustration just have a, out from yeah, watching Millwall and us. Yeah, do do whatever you do whatever you need to. We appreciate all the comments, all the support. We you know so thank you for for I I know you're on a night shift, so it probably helped you as as you say. But thank you for for um for sticking with us. Comment up there, Billy Mitchell is not for me. Just doesn't impact games at either end of the pitch. If you're going to play CDM, then play CDM. He constantly gets caught the wrong side of the ball. I do think I do think there is an argument that positionally in a defensive area um there is possibly a little bit of work to do again over the next I I don't I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell doesn't play in the next one or or, or the middle game or whatever because of the, the the fact that the games come around thick and fast but I do agree perhaps positionally he probably does need a little bit of uh, a little bit of work um Oliver would the national break be good I'm assuming that's meant to be for us or bad for momentum, or would it be good to regroup and go again? I'll be honest with you. I'm leaning towards the second option there. Yeah, I I think so. I don't really think we have an awful lot of momentum. If It's a a big statement to say we've got momentum after a win where in the end we kind of had to scrape it through a little bit and then a a, a draw, draw, which, you know, was, was, you know... a decent point, but to call that momentum would probably be a bit overkill for me. Yeah, possibly. Um, David uh, coming in towards the end, row it out. Uh, we're not good enough. Um, look, I, I don't agree. I must admit, I, I don't think getting rid of him at this point. I think that after the Norwich game, I was fuming, and I think there it was time to really make some change. Since then, we've picked up four from six. Um, we'll see how the next phase of the, the season goes. I think he's bought himself some time with this four from six. And mm-hmm. obviously we know he probably isn't going to walk away from the job. He'll, he'll probably try and hold on for a payoff because, you know, that's what most managers do. It's, it's mm-hmm. not anything against Gary Rowett. Obviously, Holloway did it when he was with us. Um, so, I have, you know, I think these four from six have bought him time. And as I said earlier, I don't think James is going to rush into any knee-jerk kind of reaction decisions especially given how loyal his dad was. But obviously, James is his own person, so we will just wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, he's 
come back in. We were lucky against Stoke. That was a poor performance yesterday and a poor goal to give away yesterday. Sorry, Les. No, no, look. Uh, listen, as I, as I just said earlier, this show is nothing, especially the live ones, is nothing without you guys, your opinions. Every every fan that watches the games, that pay their money, that whether it's on a stream or whatever, um, this is an opportunity for us to have a discussion about it. I agree, we do we did get lucky against Stoke and, and it, perhaps it was a poor goal to concede yesterday. I just, I think seven points from our opening five games I don't think is a bad return. And I think Rauer, as Dan said, has perhaps bought himself a little bit of time. He's still in a position where it is very, you know, thin ice. You know, it can easily turn either way. But the last two, for me, have certainly bought him just a little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit more time. Um, obviously, next Saturday or next weekend it is the international break. So we don't have um, a fixture for us to, to dissect and, and run through. As Dan touched on earlier, there should be and will be um, some content going out, Mill-related, um, perhaps do um, another live chat to, to perhaps talk about the season so far and do a little bit of a um, sort of a summary on that. You know, there'll probably be an injury update on Sean Hutchinson by then, I would imagine, as well, among among other things. Obviously, there's, you know, not just, obviously, the Leeds game to look forward to. There's three games in a week, so I'm sure um, there might end up being, you know, kind of them kind of combined into one show so i'm sure we'll be looking ahead to them this time next week absolutely uh chris back on twitter x now i must behave myself yeah you're in the joe club he was banned as well well, Um, you you (laughs) take lessons from each other (laughs) points are points absolutely agree um lee we have picked up four from six but the football has been shit Uh, that's gary rowett ball yeah that is gary rowett and unfortunately um as Dan it's, said, and I think we know he's not going to walk away. Um, but um, is 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 it is Gary Rowett's contract up at the end of this season? I I, I think it might be, but you know, we'll wait. We'll wait yeah. and see what kind of communication. If if there is any question, you know, if it might be something that the journalist puts to him is his contract up. I don't know. I I thought it was up at the end of last season. Um, there was no news about an extension from the club, so I assume it might be up at the end of this season. So if anyone does know obviously we'll be grateful for any kind of help in the comments um but you know i i think it might be his last year in contract now don't take that as concrete um mm. but you know be interesting if it is and you know maybe what the what the club's plan on was from it, here is he might he, have been he might have been on a rolling contract i'm not sure though uh, uh, that might be something for us to oh pat david's just come in he signed a two-year deal last season so perhaps this is the last year I, that okay. maybe we'll, we'll try and fact check that for you um guys thank you very much for spending your sunday evening with us we obviously enjoy doing it but we we really appreciate that you guys have, have spent your time with us just a couple of things final things from us before we we wrap up um okay tony's just asked another question uh how will we set up against leeds I can't imagine a setting up against Leeds any differently than what we have been in the last two games. Personnel may change dependent on injuries and yeah. and the situation with Denore in the middle. Because I think he I think he was brought in to play. He's not brought in to just fill yeah. the squad. He was brought I in think to play. Obviously the three question marks will be Denore. Hopefully mm-hmm. he'll be fit by the international break going. Hutchinson mm-hmm. and Brian, if they're yep. to a back, I feel like that'll be the the main kind of question marks over the team. Otherwise, I can see it being a pretty similar lineup. As I said, I, I may be tempted to chuck Imaku in from the start and maybe kind of play him as a left striker to maybe drift on 
Um, wired possibly over to Luke Ayling because I really don't think Luke Ayling's much cop. Um, you know, I think Imaku against him could have a field day, but that might be something Rabbit kind of saves for the 60, 70th minute mark. So that's just my opinion, but yeah. I can't see him changing it. No, I, I don't. I don't either. And as David said there, no one likes us. We don't care. We are Millwall. We always stick together. I hope we get better within the coming weeks. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think um, I think we... We probably there's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster already. Um, I don't think some of it's been unjust, some of the criticism, but I think hopefully we can all get together, get to that Leeds game, and and hopefully kick start from there. Um, that's been it for for tonight's live show. Again, thank you as always. A couple of just final bits from us. Um, I, me personally, I'm looking to bring back the Who Are You um series last year we did some interviews with a few of our listeners the panelists did it dan himself my, me ben we all we all took a turn of answering the 20 questions about your time supporting millwall um if you would like to do it please get in contact with the pod or me directly um at spj91 on twitter just drop me a message we'll sort out a recording and get that done or drop the pod a message um, we're looking to revive that. So any and uh, any ages, whether you've been supporting the club for, for six months or 60 years, whatever, um, please feel free to get involved. Um, follow us across Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Please like and subscribe. It really does help us out um, to get in front of more fans and it, it does do us a massive favour. TikTok, we're also on there. Instagram, the, the absolutely um you know with any support on any of the social channels would be um would be uh, very much appreciated and and just there just to end on jonathan always um i'm assuming that was meant to be love your show i live 600 miles away this is exactly it there are fans that are far across the across the world that might not necessarily get to um get to the den or get to games anymore so you know it's great for us to, to be reaching whether you're local or you're a million miles away um it's great to it's great to um, to, to to have you on. Uh, and also, also as well, we're we're um, you know grateful if anyone you know if, the, if there's a topic you guys want us to talk about. Yeah, we're more than happy to talk about it. So as always, you know when we're on these lives, obviously you know pop them in the comments. When we're not on lives, obviously if there's anything that you guys think that we should be discussing on the podcast, whether that's the the beer choice at the den or the personnel <laughs> we have in the playing squad, you know drop the pod a comment and we'll be sure to get round to it. Absolutely, we do read them all. Luke, I'm not sure what you mean not on Twitter. We are very active on Twitter. That's where we do maybe a lot mean, of our... Maybe it means it's, it's called X now. Oh, okay, yeah, X. Yeah, it's yeah, to be politically correct, I suppose, where it's X now rather than... Um, rather than Twitter, um, we are we do have a community group on there as well. We'll post a link out, and um, basically, Twitter you can get a lot of other comments come up, followers, and different clubs, different bits and pieces you're not interested in. We have a group; it's purely Millwall related, so you'll only see Millwall related tweets. We'll post a link out, send a request, and one of us will will accept it. Chris, this will be the last one that we come to. Any chance of getting more notice on YouTube when these shows come up? We will aim to do that. Um, I'm not sure uh, how it, it necessarily works. We schedule them in at a specific time, but we will certainly look at getting a little bit more notice out there so you don't miss them. The show will be live on YouTube straight away. We don't edit it, so you can go back. If you missed the start of it, you can go back and watch it. Um, at the beginning, you will get to see Mickey's face, so um, that's a little bit of a treat for you all if uh, if you have joined us late. But that's been Dan. I'm Stephen. That's been this uh, that Millwall podcast again for the Sunday night calling. Thank you very much, guys, and we'll be back next week for some more Millwall content.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.